Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Mac and Bone Show, baby! They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt! You know why I'm fat? I just found out why I'm fat. This is my friend, T-Bone. When do you pop your first man sody? You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good Monday morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard Mac and Bone Radio Show Time. We hope the weekend was good. We're going to try to help with the Monday morning. And we know it can be rough, but the new look Hornets are back in the wind column. We can celebrate that. We've got controversies all over the court to talk about. Um, I thought Friday's controversy was juicy <laughs> with the Hornets and the Warriors at the end and Draymond running his mouth about Grant Williams. And then we got to Saturday with the court storm. And I hope Kyle Filipowski is okay sooner rather than later, but we have the court storming debates on steroids because it involves a Duke player getting hurt. And this thing takes it to another level nationally, not just locally, but nationally. We will talk about it on the Mac and Bone Show. There's also a lot of college hoops flowers to hand out. How about the Tar Heels winning ugly, winning with defense, winning a half-court grinder, that's the sort of game I want to see this team win. It, it wasn't pretty on the eyes, but that's the sort of game, breaking the streak at Virginia, I like to see. And we've got a lot of other winners, too, here in the Carolinas from NC State, Wake, of course, with the huge win, uh, Clemson, South Carolina. So we'll get into all of that uh, here on the Mac and Bone Show. we got some Panthers news. We also have news on what the Saints are doing to get under the cap. It is an, it's like spring cleaning. They don't have it's, one. It's like spring cleaning in New Orleans every year. So we'll talk about that here on the Mac and Bone Show. Charlotte FC wins. The NASCAR race was an absolute classic one by Daniel Suarez. So we got things to talk about on a Monday morning combine coming up this week. Matter of fact, pressers tomorrow for Dan Morgan and... Uh, Dave Canales in Indy. So we got a lot of things to jump into on the show. The Bone Man, the Flound Dog. We are ready to do this thing today. Bone Man, what's happening? What's, what's, what's happening, Captain? Send in your WFNZ FanDuel text, 704-570-9610. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature this very second, 48 degrees. Choose local, choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Uh, real quick, do we think Rickard's awake right now, Mac? Do we know of his whereabouts? Because this, this could anger him early. I can already see that I'm going to get the Rick 15 today. Why? What happened? What well, happened? There's a nice new chair over here that came out of nowhere. And I don't know if it's from someone's office. I don't know if we stole it. Did we steal it or buy I it? I don't know if we bought it. I assume we stole it. It's so from- this this chair was in here on Saturday. We asked some questions, me and Shrop, and we got no answers. But here's so. where Rickard's going to get upset. It's a nice chair, Mac. It's a little too low for my needs. If we're going to steal chairs, I'm going to need this thing a little bit higher than this one. Bone so is a nice, tough, nice a tough chair. man to please, Bone. Nice, nice chair if I'm holding a meeting and I'm leaning back. Look, I'm leaning back. I need to be up tall so I can look my man Mac eye to eye when we're battling. 
eye to eye. I can't see you, man. Where are you? You have become a diva, Bone. You really have no. been. You are one of the toughest guys to please no. around here. How about happen you, to you? You sit in this chair. It's a low rider, man. I'm not a low rider. <laughs> I need to be up with my man so we're making radio magic on the same one. You feel taller than me right now. You're looking down on me. It's like I'm I a, do normally, though. Bone, Bone is the Odell of this station. Yeah, he's getting like that. He's going to fight a kicking net but here's the, But here's my concern. Someone this morning will come into this office somewhere in this building. It could be a TV person. This could be Kristen Miranda's chair for all we know. <laughs> I am terrified about the fact that it could be a television like who's, chair. That looks like a TV who's, chair. Whose yeah. chair did somebody steal? This is going to be a... There's no way we bought this nice chair. J- uh, John Carter from WBTV is going to roll in here just ready to whip some tail, man. No doubt about it. Uh, speaking of whipping a tail, how about the Hornets last night? And it wasn't pretty. It was not... Uh, it wasn't... A pretty offensive display, really either night, certainly Friday night, from your new-look Charlotte Hornets. But last night, they found a way to do it. And how about the defense they played in both games? I mean, even the loss to the Warriors, the defense was tremendous, holding them under 100. And then last night, I mean, um, uh, the, the if it wasn't for offensive rebounds, like if you were only allowed to score on your first shot last night, I'm not sure the Warriors would have broke 10. Or the, or the Trailblazers would have broke 10 last night. The, they got, we gave up way too many offense rebounds, but the first shot defense was amazing. And I know Portland stinks, but self-awareness, y'all. Self-awareness. <laughs> if you look, did you look in the mirror before the trades were made and see what we got? It was nice to see Boney. Nick Richards was amazing. Nick Richards was dominant in this game yesterday. Um, and it was nice to see order restored in the world. It didn't feel right, Bone, from Friday night on. But the new-look Hornets back in the win column, it feels right right now. It does. And look at the defensive points allowed with this new group. 106, 102, 99, 107, 97, 80. And I know the Friday night game, which we'll talk about the uh, the old scrapperoo at the end there. But even then, Mac, it was ugly offense. But the Warriors didn't go nuts. Steph Curry only had, what, 15, 15. or 15 points. They only allowed 97. Do you think that the Hornets in the previous time of the year would allow 97 even on a bad offensive night to the Warriors? No. Clifford's found something here. He's got capable defenders, and it feels like he's got guys, even with the team that's record is as bad as it is, he's got guys willing to defend. That's the key word. Defense a lot of times is about the willingness to defend. They, They all have some form of ability when they want to, but when they do want to, this team has shown that they're willing to play for Cliff right now. That's a great sign for him. Yeah, that's the word that I was going to use is willing. It just seems like, again, we've talked about it. The new guys came in here, and they were motivated to play for whatever reason. Charlotte Natives um, finally playing instead of on OKC bench. These guys wanted to play. It's a terrible indictment of a lot of the individuals that yep. were here before. And i got to be honest with you. I think by this group coming in here and wanting to play, I think it's spread on on the rest of the team. You're right. Um, so last night they get uh, 21 and 10 from Richards. I, men- I mentioned him. Bridges had 18. Brandon Miller, 17. Pretty balanced. Um, you saw Misich play a hell of a game. I thought I thought he had a really rough game Friday night. Couldn't finish. He was tremendous last night, 11 and seven, and he got the point guard minutes late in the game. Clifford likes doing that. He likes try as, as talented as Trey Man appears to be, and he was only two of seven last night. He didn't play great, but he likes riding Misich late in the game because he just knows how to play. He's a savvy 30 year old, two time MVP at a Euro League. Like he just knows how to play, and some of his passes are absolutely awesome to watch, man. They really are. He, he, yeah, Friday night was uh, his worst performance. Just was just. It felt like the legs weren't there for him. He wasn't finishing. He didn't have that uh, 
that bounce off the bench. And Mac, Nick Richards, 21, 10, and 3, and a couple of steals. I, I'm glad they kept him because remember, he was coming up in the rumors, and we, we asked, hey, like, we understand what the Bridges contract situation where he comes up in the rumors. But why would they part with Nick Richards when they don't have a lot of bodies? Oh, cheap, and, cheap, team-friendly deal. And their guy that is their main big body, you know, there's some worries there that he might be out for the year. Uh, that sort of back injury at that age, that can't be good. So I'm glad they hung on to Nick Richards because he's either going to be a, you know, a, a guy that can start for you, come off the bench. At least they they kept a young body, and I'm, I'm glad they did with him. The uh, the uh, new look Hornets are missing a couple of new guys. Bertans has now missed missed both the games this weekend with a knee injury and uh, Seth Curry's got a hip injury and didn't play last night. McGowan's got back in the rotation. Thor got himself five minutes. He reappeared. Got a thunder reappeared. Eric Collins last night had an amazing line. And you might have heard this before. I don't remember hearing this one before. Maybe he's used this a bunch and I just wasn't paying attention. But the Hornets came out and they're all over the place right at the start of this game. Yeah. Right. They cut 7-0 out of the gate and they're, ste- and they're stealing the ball and scoring on the break. And uh, EC says, the oh, Hornets are flying around like a toupee in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> I have at some point one time heard it. but That yeah, one's that, amazing. That's, that's it. You know, he, he said before where he gets those from. It comes, a lot of his sayings come from childhood stuff. Him and his friends would shoot basketball in the backyard and just make up sayings. So he's probably got a whole bunch of these from his whole life that he has. That's strong. Keep them coming, EC. Keep them coming, baby. I'm glad the Hornets won, Mac, but I have to come clean and be honest about it because I bragged the other day that I was talking to our friend Josh Graham about underdog and uh, gave him four out of five plays the other night, right, that worked on underdog. Yeah, yeah. Last night during the pregame show, he sent me a text and said, hey, I'm going to go big tonight. Give Give me five plays on the Hornets Blazers game, right? Sad to say, Matt, this morning that I led him astray of 0-5. Oh, night. dang. Just a bit outside. <laughs> just, yeah. hey, everybody, I got to be honest. You know, when, 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 it, when something good happens, I'll tell you. But I got Josh Graham right now, uh, he could be looking for a side job in radio because I, 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 you might not have much left. Well, he lives in Winston-Salem. Maybe he'll just court storm you, run at you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, uh, maybe that will happen. Him and about 300 of his friends will just sprint at you yeah, as that's, fast as they can. I can't believe uh, Mac and Bone host would let someone astray on picks. Yeah, you would have thought it'd be me if anybody was going to uh, give someone zero underdog uh, uh, correct uh, plays. I, I had a problem with uh, NASCAR underdog yesterday, Mac. Second time in a row. It's difficult, man. It's fun, but it's difficult. I had Christopher Bell uh, in the race yesterday, and he lasted. Mac, how long did Christopher Bell last like in that three race? Laps three laps. Three laps, and I was out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a race yeah, that oh was. Oh, my God. What a race that was yesterday. The finish was unbelievable. It was historic to have three cars cross the line that close to each other. The final margin for Daniel Suarez over Ryan Blaney was .003 seconds. But the whole race was tremendous. And we've talked about this, Flan. We've definitely talked about this. The new Atlanta, I think that's their fifth race with the new configurations. you got to give love to everybody with Speedway Motorsports, Marcus Smith, and everybody to repave that track and create one of the most unique tracks on the circuit. And Boyer, was, uh, Boyer put it well yesterday. He said, this is a hybrid mile-and-a-half super speedway. I mean, you've got drafting, you've got packs, but you have some elements of mile-and-a-half racing there was so many lanes to run. The fact that they went four wide on a mile-and-a-half racetrack for about a lap is absolutely absurd. And then the finish flound was so befitting of all the racing that preceded it, man. Like, this might be my favorite track to watch now. 
it's got to be up there, right? And now, I mean, it, you have it, and, and I don't know how long they're going to do this because whenever they eventually build the short track out at Auto Club Speedway in California, they may end up going back out there immediately after Daytona. But for this to follow Daytona, you talk about getting people excited yeah. for the start of the season. I mean, you have two of the best races. You got your Super Bowl the first week, and then you follow it with what might be the most entertaining track on the circuit. I mean, yeah, yesterday was unbelievable. The amount of passes, which I, I got to be honest, I was concerned about because I watched some of the Xfinity race the night before and there wasn't a lot of passing. Yeah. But this next-gen car that those cup cup guys are racing, man, it makes for an unbelievable product that was when fun. they take Best the finish that was with fun. this car probably, right? I mean, of the finishes. That's one of the best finishes. In, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I don't the, think the one in Talladega during COVID, they didn't, that was the old car, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say so. I know I it's not possible, but you almost wish that they went to Atlanta even more than twice. Right? You almost wish that. Well, the drivers don't. They hate it. Some of these some of these summer races and the road courses. Can they do the all-star race there? You said, Matt, they did it in Texas. They could, could give it a could shot. They, could they, they do it like a one-time thing there? I mean, it, 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 guys getting crazy for no points there could really be insane. But, you know, people have, have said, hey, you want to do a super speedway all-star race. So I think with this sport, anything's possible. But it is amazing what they've done there to reconfigure that track. And, and new car, too. The new car is a part of it as well. It's the perfect storm of the new track and the new car. These races really are fun. And you ask, is that the best finish with the new car? I ask, is that the best? Like, that's is that the closest three-car finish in the history of the sport? It has to be. Three-car, like, yes, yeah. it has like to be. Like, when you take the top three cars, I don't know if there's ever been a better finish in the history of the damn sport. It was ridiculous. And each one of them led at some point in the final, I don't even know, you know, how many feet it was or whatever. But you had, when they came off the turn, it was Bush. Blaney pushed ahead, and it wasn't until right at the start-finish line that Suarez stuck his nose out in front. So Bush bumped him a little that's bit. That's crazy, man. Bush bumped into him. It looked like almost a little bit there, and that kind of, I thought, knocked Bush back. For, I mean, you say knocked him back. Mac, it was such a close finish, I couldn't even tell when they slowed it down on the photo finish. I'm still looking going. Okay, I can't, That's how close that was. It's insane. It is, man. It was freaking great. Flounders right. What a way for uh, NASCAR to start the season. So we got things happening, man. We got things happening. We may not have football right now, but we got things happening. Charlotte FC gets a win in their opening match for the first time ever. Home opener win for the first time ever. And uh, we talked about it, Bone. I told you, man, I've been watching them in the preseason. This ain't Latanzio's wide open defensive no. catastrophe. They are they bare, they gave up like I want to say one legit chance, and the guy from NYCFC flew it right over to freaking that mean, <laughs> freaking goal. That mean they, Dean defense. They don't give <laughs> up freaking chances. Um. So anyway, we'll talk about I that gotta tell too you, on Mac, the show. I'm gonna say something I don't often say on this radio show over the last 19 years. I'm a Dean Smith man. There, hey, there you go. Give me all a Dean. <laughs> when we come back, full college hoops recap. We talk about Duke losing to Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, South Carolina wins. The Charlotte result in Mac was Kyle Filipowski, the basketball equivalent to George Clooney in a perfect storm on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, first you have to make the decision, are we going to ban court storms or are we going to manage them? I've never liked court storms. The court is for people like yourself who earned the right to be there, players and coaches. The fans have not earned the right to be there. I've been against court storms for a long time. We could see this type of thing coming. I kind of backed off to the decision, well, okay, we'll have the court storms. Just make sure there's enough security there to get the opposing teams. That's just not in place. A huge turnover by Wake Forest University, which obviously knew that if Wake was going to win the game, this was going to happen. If we made the decision collectively in the sport to get rid of court storms, it could be done. People just don't frankly have the gumption to do that and i frankly wish they would that is seth davis on cbs he's talking to clark kellogg when he says you earned the right to be on the floor the fans didn't earn right to to be on the floor that was on cbs this weekend um it is a national conversation again unfortunately after kyle filipowski gets hurt wake forest amazing win the thing that sucks for wake is at the for the team at least because I got to be honest with you, the lack of organization, the lack of ability to handle that by the Wake game day staff, when you had to know you had a great chance to win that game, and that's the preparation. There were kids on the floor before it hit zero zero zero, before zero 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 point seven. The that, first student was in the paint. That, that's pathetic. Seriously, that's pathetic. Um, so anyway, but but it but I hate that it takes away from the Wake kids and Coach Forbes. Because they are an amazing team at home. We talked about it last week. And that's the win that, knock on wood, unless something really squirrely happens here late, that's the win you feel like puts them in the NCAA tournament. Their offense in the second half of that basketball game was absolutely absurd. I mean, what did they hit? 70% of their shots in the second half? Uh, yeah, it, it was. 70%? Dallas was unbelievable. Uh, it was back in the, uh, the Torvik metrics the efficiency metrics it was duke's best offensive game of the season and their worst defensively <laughs> in, in one game duke's offense did enough to win they don't close out the halves well and that's been a shyer problem his first two years they they struggle end of half end of game situations at times and you saw it in this game with the turnover and end of the first half they had a four-point lead they don't bring the clock all the way down philipowski takes a three they could have been up six or seven or four even going into half. They take a bad shot. They come down, they foul. So end of halves have not been good, but full credit to Wake. But if that if that's not a tournament team, I don't know what I mean, that is a legit tournament team. That a team that can actually be a really tough out in, in March Madness. I almost feel like they would have to lose every game the rest of the way to not make it. I mean, I, that, that win, now they have two quad one wins. Yeah. That, that win was huge. That's what they were looking for. And you're right. Duke shot 53% from the field, 44% threes, and hit 11 threes, 80% from the free throw line, and lost because Wake shot 60% for the game and 70% in the second half. They could not be stopped. And as a Duke fan, yeah, you might get a little ticked about the defensive performance, but that's what Wake does at home. 
They are another animal offensively at home. Yep. And um, Salas, to me, there shouldn't be anybody mentioned for player of the year other than Davis and Salas. I said that last week. Like, that that's the battle. This kid is special. Steve Forbes' ability to go get a transfer point guard to play at an all-league level every year three amazing. straight years is, amazing. is absurd. And those Duke, uh, those Duke turnovers, you're right about closing the game. Veteran guards turning the ball over three straight times. Roach twice and Proctor once, and that was the game. You couldn't afford that in a game where you couldn't get stops. You couldn't afford three straight possessions where you give the ball away. Proctor was really good in the game shooting-wise. Like, I thought he had a really nice day, but Mac, he... He's prone to turnovers at bad times sometimes. Remember against UNC when it was like a three-point game? He threw a terrible pass. Cormac Ryan got on the break, and and UNC never kind of looked back from that moment on with the lead. It seems like that when he has a turnover, it's almost at the, at the worst times they could happen where it's like, oh, what's that pass? What are you doing? I like Proctor, and I thought he played well, but it's not just when you turn it over. It's at times when you turn it over. End of the game, Duke had a chance to win, and it was just yeah. a – Silly turnover. And make sure you give Roach the business, too. He had two in a he row. Did, he did. He two did, in yeah. a row right before that. Um, uh, but anyway, as far as the court storm goes, I'm sure we're going to talk about this a bunch. 725, we're going to get into the, all the ins and outs. Um, I do want to bounce around to the other games, too. Uh, this one got feisty. This one got feisty. Flounder took on all of America on, uh, on this court storm on Twitter. People were heated over it. I got to be honest with you. If Kyle Filipowski didn't play for Duke, would people be mad at the guy that got run over? It wouldn't even be a story. Like, I I just, I just, it's, it's, I I really can't believe where we got with this argument. I honestly cannot believe where we got with this argument. Um, It's the obsession with Duke and the game of gotcha when it comes to Duke. It's a wanting to to catch a player or someone doing something and. Well, Grayson Allen made mistakes, so I, I don't know. Oh, if that, he deserved to get called out over he, and over again. He, he Coach did, K didn't but, discipline him but nearly this enough. Is a, this is a, it feels like we're they're looking for stuff now that's similar to that. I, I don't. When you watch that at full speed, where's where's he going? He's got a thousand people running at him. What, what do you want him to do? Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. I, I feel like it's. I guess they think he like shoved the guy. First of all, CBS broke this down on CBSSports.com. That guy was taunting him on the way running at him. Yeah, taunting him. All right. Um, just run past the players, you jackasses. Seriously. Um, the other thing, too, is I would like to send 300 people at Flounder and everybody else that rip Kyle Filipowski. Just run right at you at full speed. And do you not put your arms out at all? Not put my leg out. Putting no. your, uh, he's walking. No, he wasn't. They claimed no. knees. He was walking. He stuck his foot out and tried to trip when him you, because he was when trying to be like a badass. When, when, when you me. walk, where do your feet go? They don't go out that far in front of me. I didn't think Field, that was the case. He, he, he saw the guy like from a mile reaching. away. He Field, did it. Yeah. Both of them are to blame. He's, he saw he's, him a mile away because the guy's moron. yelling at him. That's why he saw yeah, the guy. It, so literally just stop it, and don't put your foot out. It, he, he Look, he deserves blame too. He's a moron for putting his own leg out in front of him because he was trying to be a badass. Who are you, who are you calling a moron? Both guys. Oh, why? Get to he- See, this is why ridiculous. Why is he on the if court? This, why Flander, is he if this guy there? played for Washington State, you wouldn't say a damn word about it. No, like, I this is This is just, and the whole country, too, that blame Kyle Filipowski, every one of you, it's because you hate Duke. Seriously. 
It's, yeah, I just think it's it's unbelievable. Again, I want to get 500 listeners and literally have them run a flounder. And I would and, not hurt myself and, and because they will literally, truck you, then they'll truck your ass. How many? How, Seriously, every other college stay, student has gotten off the tramp, floor except this. They kid. will literally trample you. No, they haven't. How many times have the courts been stormed Caitlin this Clark year? Nobody get gets off hurt. The court. How many? And she, how I, many incidents? Let, yeah, blame her too. Yes, blame her too. I got to be Seriously, honest. You get watch the your back. Out of here. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, flounder. I love you, man, but I saw. I didn't say anything on social media. I saw what was going on. I could not believe what you were saying. Like, I just, I find it ridiculous. And you know what? Because it's Duke, tons of people will agree with you. But I'm telling you, deep down inside, y'all, it's because it's Duke. Flounder. If that happened to Baycott, there's no way you'd ever blame your guy for that. Flounder. That is absurd. If he stuck his leg out and tripped him, I'd ask the question. He's trying to walk off the floor. No, he's not. How about the way? Yes, he is. Where's he going? What's he doing? Where's Where's he he walking He should have just stopped, let the dude go by him. You would handle that well. Let me stop and get run over by a stampede. There was no one around him besides that guy guy at that time he could have yeah. stopped no one around him how about the guy that pushed him from behind was he around him at the end oh my god seriously flounder. this is absurd the fact you're doubling down the fact flounder you didn't have the weekend to sit and marinate and be like i acted like an ass on twitter is amazing to me no like, I, really I, will, I will double triple down oh, i think it's pathetic god. if that is a state fan a state crowd Running that runs into a play guys taunting even just state in general having this issue what would you say about the state fans that they shouldn't have been out on the court, which is true. You would go nuts on state fans. It's no, wing. It's I mean, wing, so it's, it's neutral. But, but you would go nuts I would probably state. say, why did my player stick his leg out and stick then potentially in, injure himself? Then, the floor. then come out in the post game and say, I was targeted by the guy. Get the hell out He's of here. He's talking about the guy that pushed him in the back. That's well, the that, yes. Now, that guy, that's, 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 that's where pathetic. You're, that's and where again, you're, that's where you're wrong. He was talking about that guy. Now, was, I don't think he was. He was. He was talking. I asked yeah, Josh. I asked Josh Graham. He said being pushed in the back. He says someone told me I got pushed. In the I back. asked Josh Graham what guy was he referencing, and Josh said it was the guy in the oh, back. Lord, flounder. The people that are anti you in this particular case are. Let's see what we got here. Every person on planet Earth. Jay Except Billis, all your fellow Target Jay fans. Billis, Penny Hardaway, Fran Fraschilla, Seth Greenberg, Chris Matola, Jimmy Dykes, Clark Kellogg, and <laughs> Seth Davis. They know a lot more than we do about this stuff. Oh man. It's crazy. I just I think this narrative is crazy. God bless Flounder because it's going to create some great radio. But I just think it's crazy that that dude gets stormed at, hurts himself, and like student manager has to rescue him. He might have got hurt even worse. Um, That's his and, high school friend, too. and that we're blaming him. I we just, are headed towards. I just a, think it's crazy, man. We are headed towards a disaster at some point, just in general. Whether it's a fan player uh, confrontation that that goes awry, it, whether a Matt, we've seen that Black Friday events where someone falls and they get run over and they're dead. That's what it, I'm saying. It doesn't, take much, for, it doesn't like, take much for a drunk student to fall and all of a sudden they fall on yeah. top of that person. Uh, Going after a referee. Here's what it is. You want a, you want a court storm? Whatever. They need like a 30-second clock or something to make sure that it's completely clear. I feel like yeah. there was a game yeah. earlier this year that I watched, and I don't remember if it was one of the Toriel ones or if it was a different one where – it literally, I did not understand what was happening because it was a massive upset. Nobody came on the court, but then after everybody got off the court, everybody shakes hands. That's when they then storm the court. That's how that's, you have to handle. It. I think that's, that's the best way to do it. That's how it has to handle. How about this, it. And you got to hire se- enough security. You can't go cheap on it, and you have to have ropes up. I mean, you've got to be prepared for it. Wake Forest wasn't prepared, and I'll give credit to AD John Curry because he did take blame. He did, in his statement, take blame for the situation. And I have to be honest, as a 50-year-old man, 
I don't I'm not the, the right demo for court storming at this point. I really don't care if they take it away. It does nothing for me. But I did, believe it or not, I did storm a court when my Towson Tigers beat Louisville at home uh, at the Towson Center. I ran onto the floor. So I do. Uh, and this and that. And Were these, you the broadcaster? No, no, no. I was, I was, we were, I was at the game. Oh, I was at I the thought, game. I thought you just left your setup. Uh, <laughs> I would have though if I was broadcasting it too. So, like, I get it. It's fun, but if they can't figure out a safe way to do it, and then the thing about fines, I heard Tom Crean this weekend. They got to come out with some increased fines. Fines? You think the kids give a damn if the school gets fined? And I don't even think the school cares. Like in the SEC, when they fine you for court storming or field storming, do you think the school cares? Or do you think they're like, that's well worth paying for that night? Oh, we've seen you know of, I mean? plenty of teams in the years, SEC storm. Years. But they don't care, right? They, no. The administration doesn't that's, care. That's not They'll a blip on money. the radar for They'll those. They'll pay money for that moment. Yeah. First, right? first of all, I talked to a media member yesterday. She said that the referees will go to the scores table, Mac, before the game ends at the four or five minute mark to make sure they're ready to go. They'll walk over there and say, hey, this this could be headed towards a court storm direction. They'll tell the, the people, are you all ready to go? Absolutely. Well, you should be talking about it and all week. Duke, and it's Duke anyway. Yes. So, yes. You should be talking about it all week. You should have your game plan. And that's what Seth Greenberg said they did at Virginia Tech. Says yeah. they executed a court storm perfectly because they were ready. They were, and, and remember again, they had that court storm that lasted like three and a half hours that one time. Yeah, man. Like, if you just, I don't understand. Can you not? Like Flown was saying, can you not make it standard where the players at least get off the floor? I remember at Florida State one time when they stormed the court on Duke. And I remember they had an area set up for the players to get to that was roped off and no one could get to the players. And they got the players off first. It can be done, right? But it takes everybody here's, committing to it, spending the amount of money on security that you need to. Here's right? got to be and, and organizing. my solution. If you can't ban it completely, there's got to be a clock up and a certain amount of time to clear the court. And if fans storm the court before that clock expires and someone gets in jeopardy, I'm talking about anybody that's on the court gets in jeopardy, you're not fined, you're banned from the conference tournament. Take it because that, that, that punishes the school, that punishes the fans. If you storm the court before the allotted time you're allowed out there and you get in the player's face, you are not allowed in the conference tournament. A fine won't work. But taking away the opportunity to play in the ACC tournament or whatever, that would be the punishback. But, I mean, you're going to punish that's the hard. kids because the people in the stands are, are making it, that decision on their the, own. That's no, no. a harsh you're, penalty. You're punishing that's the university harsh. for not being prepared for that moment. You can be on the court. You just got to wait 30 seconds. That's how all. About, how about we just arrest kids? Anyway, we could do that. Well, that's, I <laughs> mean, the problem enough, with that. We probably don't have enough cops to get yeah, there. How many, how many arrests are you going to have to make? That's that's, a, uh, th that's the thing is you need to, I, I just, I just think you got to organize a bone and we need to have, uh, these folks need to make it a point of emphasis, man. They're not going to get on the court and, and they need to get the word out. And they're not going to get on the court until it's time. If not, then ban the crap. I don't give a damn. I mean, seriously, I love the game of college basketball. I guess these are nice moments, but we've seen it in football. We've seen fans run over. We've seen fans. We, it's happened before. We've seen fans and players have moments. Like it's 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 not the end of the world if that leaves. I do want to mention some actual other basketball games, and we'll get into it more at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, we'll do a non-court storm hoops recap, college basketball, Hornets, all that stuff, and at seven twenty-five. We will be back to the court storming. Flounder, a very polarizing person today, just like he was on social and the, media. And the most important thing that was said there. And he's getting demolished. It's, mind, it's all happening. People are saying Filipowski was walking slow. They started storming at 0 0.7 seconds on well, the that's clock. Well, that's a new conversation. Uh, I mean, John Shire, let's be honest here. Next time, do not have your starter still in the game. Game's over. Take your starters out. The game wasn't over, though. 
It was a two-point I mean, game. No, it's a it was a four-point game the at four that point. point. Oh, was it four? It just got to four. So like. That's the conversation yeah. that I but guess also, moving forward, you got to just your, say, take your to, guys off. To your point there. Walk back. To your point there. Why did Steve Forbes call a timeout up four with that time left on the clock? That I have no idea either. All that did, I, all I, that I don't did was get him ready to go. I don't know. There was no need for a timeout there. There was no need. He called a timeout up four yeah. with zero. I hate point, when whatever. coaches do that. I hate when coaches do that. Yeah, four point game. I guess you can all get that your did guys was out. get them organized so they could storm immediately. But again, is it that crazy to say you hold up till the player? It's five players. This isn't football. Five players have to get to the side. It's, right? Can we not hold these drunken maniac children off a little longer? Seriously, and I say this as someone that was a drunken maniac child in college. All right, I, I am aware. Anyway, um, uh, got to give credit to the Tar Heels, man. That was the most beautiful, ugly game I have seen uh, from a Heels perspective. That's how you beat Virginia in their building, and you hadn't done it since 2012. You go in there ready for a rock fight, and you go in there and you play the ugliest game in the world, and Cormac Ryan, God bless him, because if he does not find a Saturday bone, to start to just absolutely go off from three, it could have been a different game. I mean, it could have been a 17-16 game at the half. It wasn't for Cormac Ryan hitting five threes in the first half. R.J. Davis makes one basket, and the Tar Heels win at Virginia and win fairly easily. Like, you beat Virginia by, what was it, Flown, 10? Yes. That's that's basically like being a normal well, team. Well, it was a five-point game at one point. That, that's, like being a, that's like being a normal team by 30. Uh, you beat Virginia by 10. Um, I thought Baycott was amazing in the second half. And shout-out to Washington in the first half, too. Four those, blocks. Those minutes, four blocks, six rebounds in those minutes when he had to come in for Baycott in foul trouble. So I thought that – I'm not claiming Virginia is the greatest offensive team in the world – but I like I like the fact this Carolina team can win a game like that. That's the kind of defense that they need to play. This that's, team. That's the kind of win they had during that winning streak, right yeah. there, right where they grinded it out and they ended up winning by ten, and it wasn't really uh, all that close. That's a mature victory. You know, they've had some immature losses a little bit here. Syracuse, Georgia Tech. That is a mature victory for UNC. So if you're a Heels fan, it's not just the fact that you beat Virginia. It's the fact that you beat Virginia kind of in their style. So that was that was huge, Matt. We got multiple suggestions back of, of how to stop of how to stop court storms. Just have Cam protect the courts. Oh, oh just yeah, throw that's people a good point. I like that one. <laughs> wearing, his, wearing his hat. That's actually Auburn's plan. They invite him to every game, and he just sits there. Cam would take on all three hundred of those dorky deeks. Every one of them, man. It would be like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. He would literally take on every one of those dorky, acne-clad Deke uh, kids, and that no one would do any damage. That was that's an amazing scene in its own right. The Cam Newtons, and by the way, how pathetic is it that Cam puts on these set, gets involved in these seven-on-seven tournaments, something done to give back to younger players. You're a former MVP at this event, yep. and you got some jerks from some organization. Yeah. Um, uh, that decides uh, we'll send like three guys at camp. And by the way, you better bring a full army next time if you want to go at camp. His damn goofy hat didn't even move on his head. He was uh, it, it was, was such light work for Cam. That goofy hat didn't even Cam's, slide an inch. I'm not joking. Cam's hat went viral. Um, <laughs> no, you don't say. Will Compton said he's the only guy that doesn't have to take off his hat on a roller coaster because it just <laughs> it just stays on his head. Uh, first of all, there was thought that there was thought that Cam was breaking up the fight, and then you see a second angle where. No, Cam was 
following those guys to the parking lot. That was uh, he was the victim. Yeah, he was he, being he was he, being attacked. He got he got jumped in there. Someone compared it, Matt, to the Broncos Super Bowl game where Cam was fighting off everybody for a while. Uh, <laughs> oh, he I was saw salesman. I saw it also get compared to his tenure at Auburn. <laughs> uh, this is how Auburn won a national title. Cam Newton taking on the Did world. You see that by himself? Google it, Twitter search it, whatever. Did you see the angle where Cam basically threw a guy like, towards the bushes? By his hair? Well, while guy. having another guy in a headlock. <laughs> Josh Norman. Somewhere Josh Norman was nodding like, yeah, y'all might not want to do that. Holy crap. That, and how sad is that? That this TSP group, what is, what is it called? What is the top? Top ha- sports performance. Yeah. Is that what it is? This is a group that, you know, is, you know, has... Flag foot seven on seven, seven on seven teams, right? Taking the, some punches was also the joke yesterday. Taking some punch. This is supposed to be a group that, again, like Cam is doing, you're supposed to be for the kids, for the young men, right? And somehow that's what you're doing at this event. Cam's video, Cam's video producer tweeted out yesterday. I assume that it was a legitimate person with Cam. That these things happen all Top the time. Top shelf performance. Top yeah, shelf performance. Go. Sounds like a sounds like a, a liqueur or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that these things happen a lot at these seven on sevens. Like there's fights all the time with whether high school kids are fighting high school kids or he made it seem like there was high school kids fighting each other. But who said that? One of Cam's video guys. But I don't know if he wasn't there and didn't know. Yeah. He tried to he tried to say Cam was breaking it up, and that's where it came from. That Cam was breaking it up on that one angle. But then you watch multiple angles where Cam is just. Cam is throwing dudes like he's in a Royal Rumble. And he's under siege. Yes. Yeah. Because I know some jabroni out there is going to blame Cam for this. Like Filipowski got blamed. <laughs> Flounder, you want to double down? That was actually, you know what? I have to review the tape now. Absolutely no chance. Filipowski right there, man, (laughs) trying to fight off Wake fans. When we come back, it's sounds of the weekend. We got the Willie P goal call of the weekend. We're going to talk NASCAR and Draymond Green with one of the most ridiculous comments I've ever heard. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This corner kick is brought to you by Daimler Trucks. They will donate $100 to charity for every quarter kick Charles he has this season. A shot toward the middle. A second score! It's a Dilson Milanda! Who opens the scoring for Charlotte on a set piece! And Daimler Trucks will not only give $100 to charity, but because it results in a goal, $1,000 to the quarter kicks for kids! The P-Man's back, baby. I love it. I love the passion. Willie and Jess, the dynamic duo, were back. And I could not make the match, um, uh, which I hate. I hate I couldn't be there with 60,000-plus people to see the first 
opener win or home opener win in Charlotte FC history, 1-0 over NYC FC, who we now own, by the way. It's an ownership situation uh, early on in our franchise existence. But that was in the, that was a twist, Bone. That was a twist. That was a goal call for, for Milanda, who ended up, uh, Tavares put it up off the uh, post, wasn't in. Milanda finished it off. Alpha, great corner from Vargas, and that's all it needed with this Dean Smith defense. But I love the twist, Bone. Not only does he do the very excited, high-pitched, like, passionate goal call. And, and, and held it. But, but yeah. he worked in, Bone, a sponsor mentioned at the same octave. <laughs> <laughs> at the same octave, he worked in corner kicks for kids. Willie P is back, baby. FC is back. I'm very excited. Jess was great, too, on Saturday. I listened to Long Bone, as I'm sure you did, to those two oh, awesome. on the Apple app because they let you do that for the for the home game. So that was cool, man. One thing that I really love, Mac, is we almost I, – I, I maybe probably not alone, but I almost have post-traumatic, post-traumatic soccer disorder from a year ago when, when Charlotte FC has a lead and you're just waiting for something terrible to happen at the end where they don't get the full points. Because it happened so much yeah, last year. Yeah. You're waiting to the end of this game. Are they going to give up a goal? Is something crazy going to happen where they, they draw or whatever happens? Do you know what, though? They got that dub this time. They got the full points. And that was really good to see. And there's a presence that Dean Smith has on the sidelines. There's a command when you watch him where you feel good with that guy in charge. There's there. a calmness about yes, him. There you go. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and, and, and I would say, I get why you're feeling that. I would say the opposite. I never really felt that nervous because I watched him in the preseason and I watched the game. I mean, they gave up, I think it was like .5 XG expected goals. And again, there was really one good chance we gave up. Yeah. It fell to a guy because it went over Burns' head. He kind of misjudged the ball coming in. It fell to an NYCFC player right in the middle of the box. That moment I got nervous, and he just sailed it. We got a little luck there. But other than that, Bone, like show me the, the terrifying chance that NYCFC yeah, just, had. I and know. to be honest, we could we, we probably should have scored three goals. Enzo whiffed so badly. on a, They gave it away right back to him, right in front of the goal. And he just swung and missed. Like there was a breeze out in Indian Trail from that whiff. <laughs> um, and then... I don't know why. I love Dean Smith, but I don't know why Vargas had to take the penalty. I'm not a believer in you earned the penalty, you take it. I'm a believer in you earned the penalty. That's a hell of a job. But our best penalty taker has to take it. And Joe Capetti said he gave it to him. And I don't get that either. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be up to the players to sort it out. I agree. I, I've seen managers get pissed because players try to do the nice thing and give a guy a penalty, and managers get angry about it. Like Capetti I, said he was trying to help boost his confidence, that well, he asked him to take it. Capetti, Capetti, I saw you whiff, brother man. You need confidence, too. Like I want my striker to take that and feel the goal scoring. Um, or, as some people mentioned on Twitter, your captain... You know, Westy, Steady Westwood, like let him step up and take it. But like, I didn't like the Vargas idea when it was done. But it's no harm done, Bo. No my, harm done. One my favorite win. Willie P Mac is when he's calling the action, and he did it last year with the the haircut. He's got to do more of this when he'll say like McLean to Hancock to Pagnata, Hancock back to back to Bailey. Bailey just mowed his lawn today, and then he'll, th- he'll throw in like oh, a random one. He had one. Bailey, Bailey just Flan, had another kid today. Here we you go. You gotta find this one, Flan, because now you've jogged my memory about Willie P. Uh, Saturday, which I just I, I I love the sport, I love the team, I love Jess and Willie. It's just a great experience. But anyway, and then being there is 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 the best part of the experience um, when you can get there. But Willie had a moment, 77th minute, where he dis- he he did that. 
over to so-and-so, back over to so-and-so, over to so-and-so with a newly fresh red dye job on his hair. <laughs> like, he just described that phone and then just keeps calling the action. He's so unique. He's so passionate. He's the damn P-man, baby. McQueen to Hancock to Pagnotta. McQueen just saved a lot of money in his car <laughs> jerk by switching. <laughs> All right, let's get a couple of more sounds of the weekend in here. Back with fresh hair restoration ad rings next week. All right, let's get a couple more sounds in here. How about this? I don't think there is a better finish to any dang sporting event this weekend uh, than the NASCAR race at Atlanta. Three freaking wide at the end, and Suarez wins. We got to let you hear how the fellas called it. Mike Joy, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick on Fox, because this moment was just riveting TV, y'all. Where does he block? Does he block high? Does he block low? Here it comes. Kyle Busch to the middle. Shooting a gap. No help with Kyle Busch. Oh, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. Off turn four. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. I think it's Blaney. Unbelievable. Three wide finish. Have you ever seen anything like that? Scoring. Scoring has the margin between the first three cars at 0.00 seconds. Ah, how awesome was that? <laughs> that noise that's for Clint Boyer was amazing. It was Suarez that won the race, not Blaney. Yeah, that's got to be an isolated sound effect when I heard it. But <laughs> I knew it wasn't my guy, Matt, because it's my guy, and I'm probably not going to win a lot because of the curse that surrounds me. That's amazing. Who was Bush. your? Bush. Oh, yeah, you had. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my guy. Bone almost man. got his first win my as a guy. Kyle Bush fan. What a shame. <laughs> I had it right there, man. <laughs> what a dang shame, man. That I did, forgot all about that. Yeah, that damn show curse. I knew he didn't win. Uh, <laughs> even when you saw the photo finish, I couldn't tell exactly who won this damn thing. It was crazy. All right, so let, uh, let's speaking of crazy, you got to hear this Draymond Green clip. All right, so, and we'll get into this situation because I do think there's an unwritten rule basketball debate as to whether Miles Bridges should have been mad about that late layup from the Warriors the other night. I, I think there'll be plenty of people that you know don't get Miles being mad and all that, but Miles was mad. They made an unnecessary layup. Late in the game, which is kind of an unwritten rule, right? You're up by double digits on us. How about you just let the and even if the shot clock gonna run out with two seconds left? We did it last night. We let the shot clock run out. Um, uh, but anyway, um, it led to players coming together, and it led to, of course, our new enforcer Grant Williams getting involved. But Draymond Green, though, took the opportunity to rip Grant Williams. And I have to tell you right now, Bone, it is hard knowing what Draymond has been all about his whole career. It's very hard to listen to this and not like just die laughing at Draymond. Listen to this. Well, it's kind of like a sore loser type thing. Like, uh, you know, Miles is my guy. That's my little brother. So I'm not going to sit here and go in on Miles. Miles can do no wrong to me. Um, <laughs> but Grant Williams got to stop it, man. He, he can't keep. Like, being like this tough guy is going absolutely wrong for him. Like, he's a really nice guy. And. For some reason, he keeps, like, trying to jump on the unlikable side. And I must tell you, it's not always fun over here. Um, it's not always a good time. Uh, and so, I don't know, man. He needs to figure it out. Because, uh, boy, I mean, talking too much kind of got you out of Dallas. Like, overdoing it. And he over there talking too much now. So... Well, I'll slow down. It's not for all the tough guy stuff. You know, you want to be the president of PA and stuff, man. You can't be out here doing all that stuff. You don't see, you don't see CJ McCollum running around being a tough guy. Pray for Grant Williams. <laughs> 
the guy that hosts his own podcast and is a member of Turner's broadcast team just told Grant Williams that he talks too much. And Mr. Tough Guy himself. Yeah. Mr. Tough Guy Enforcer himself that yaps all the time. I loved it. Said, don't be tough and stop talking. <laughs> maybe that's he's why a, Skip Bayless. Maybe, maybe he's role similar to yours, dude. That's why Skip Bayless calling a guy annoying. It was ridiculous. And then he starts the clip with the Miles can do no wrong, and it's like, oh, oh. dear God, I know he's your friend. I love that. But I believe Grant. he's done some wrong that, off the floor. That's an intangible that I love from Grant Williams. Absolutely. He's the Hornets off. needed that. How long have we needed a guy to get pissed off that doesn't accept what's going they on? They need that. that is, I hope he does it every damn time. And I actually like that when um, – I actually like Bridges being mad at that. We'll get into it. I know so, I know a lot of fans are going to be like, unwritten rule, what's that? You know, that layup didn't hurt anybody. I like the fact, what you just said right there, I like the fact that the Hornets actually had some backbone yep. and were actually pissed about something. Because I have to be honest, Bone, for the last few years, I feel like this team, I've said this for years, like this team never hard fouls. Never. This team never gets mad. Like, I like the fact that those guys were pissed the other night. I think it's cool, man. I do. When we come back, more on the Hornets and a full Hoops weekend recap. The non-Court Storm edition of the teams locally that won and lost on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.